Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. Mike, you must have just got in from uh, from the Americas, and boy, are your arms tired. I don't, I don't think you did that joke right. <laughs> you missed the crucial element. <laughs> we need to talk about your joke telling again. <laughs> see, there's, see, there's a setup. There's a punchline, and they have to go together. <laughs> you can't just do one or the other and hope that somebody can just pick it up. It's it's kind of a it's like a meta joke telling philosophy where it's like you've heard this before, so I'm just going to get close enough, and you'll <laughs> you'll take it you'll take it home from there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I was at an event. So I thought today we could talk about events and conferences and the benefits of those types of things. Because I know it's something that we all do. I mean, we all met and actually see each other most whilst at various conferences. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder why you guys do these things, uh, especially if you're not speaking at them. So, like, you know, probably the biggest ones would be maybe WWDC, uh, XOXO. We kind of got suckered into some of those by speaking first. So uh, with XOXO, we uh, we spoke there at the first one, and so we are. I guess we were both gonna go anyways, but um, that's I think kind of what started it off for us. Definitely was like having a real reason to go, um, and but now with that one in particular, um, we would go even if like we weren't going to the conference just because of like you said we get to see people that we never get to see otherwise basically i think it's like a real symptom of uh being like a lot of our friends being on the internet and kind of our colleagues in particular being on the internet and so you know there's not there's really not a place to really see those folks um unless there's a conference or at least a conference is a really good excuse right um so i would say that's kind of one of our main reasons or it's like the thing that kind of pushes us over the edge with a lot of the conferences is yeah it's it's really kind of a networking slash uh get to see our work colleagues really um so yeah the three conferences that we go to are xoxo in portland wwdc in san francisco and then we also used to go to macworld in san francisco uh but that I guess, yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and even on the last year, we decided not to go because it was getting kind of weird because we would actually go and have like a booth and sell our wares and stuff. Uh, but it was getting kind of real slow and didn't really feel worth it. So that's kind of our general schedule. Beyond that, we don't go to a ton of conferences. I th- uh, Dan and I have spoken at a couple things, but it's usually if it's local, especially when we were in New York, we could go to things easily. And here in Austin, we've done a couple little speaking things. Um, but in general, we're not too big on the on the um, conference circuit. Right, Dan? I'm not missing any, of the, any am I? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, really, simply stated, like, the reason we go to conferences is the same reason anyone would go to a conference, like, to learn new things and to, like, be surrounded by people with shared interests. Uh, It's really as simple as that. 
Yeah, I think for me these days it comes down. I don't even really think that I go to any conferences to learn things. Like, I do learn things at them, but it's not a reason for me going. Otherwise, I would go to maybe conferences that were more specific to my field. Yeah, like uh, like PCAST technical conferences and stuff, right? Like, I'm sure those exist. Yeah, that's what they're called, too. <laughs> Yeah, PCAST, PCAST. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how we refer to them in the They're biz. Like, what, what is an abbreviation that will save zero <laughs> syllables? <laughs> it saves letters, though. See, that's the thing. That's where the real savings are made. Per- perfect for an auditory format. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't go to any PCAST uh, or BCAST or anything like that. Uh, symposiums. I guess I could, and there could be benefits to be had from them, but my main reasons for going to conferences these days are to um, see my friends or to make like connections and new relationships with people that I think could be beneficial to me. Like Going to WWDC, the times the Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference in San Francisco, um, I've I've built some relationships and started some relationships there that have been very influential in helping me do what I do. You know, like we're bringing on new hosts and stuff like that. You know, the people that I've met in those scenarios or have gone there and met with people I've known online for some time in those scenarios has really helped kind of strengthen those relationships uh, and and has kind of helped can maintain those over the years, which is why I say that WWDC is the most important week of the year for me as a business, even though I'm not an app developer. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's funny because it seems like even with the thing that Relay is doing at WWDC this year, it seems like more and more conferences are also just like a driver of content for you. And so, you know, like on some of your mm-hmm. shows, like you, you know, you have live episodes or, you know, whatever. So, I mean, that even feels like more of a... um a reason to go and i i mean i wouldn't be surprised if you i mean if you wanted to i could see you going to like 10 conferences a year and doing like live shows all the time or something like the verge or like you know you know like for instance all like the video game conferences like you know at least someone from relay or you know some faction of the company going to those conferences to do that sort of thing i think that will continue to become more of a thing um you know this what we're going to be doing in San Francisco, the, the RelayCon San Francisco, is now the second RelayCon event. We just did one in Atlanta at the Penn Show, which is, you know, it's kind of a conference. It's it, it's basically it's basically like MacWorld, right? People come yeah. to sell their pens and there are other events and things. And we're now part of that kind of show, as it were. Um, yeah. So we're doing a lot, you know, and so that's that's kind of where part of the relay con idea comes from. It's like a traveling show that we take from place to place, and it's just we're going to do an event inside of a bigger event. And I would like to do more of those um, in the future. It's kind of why it exists. But yeah, I agree that like as time goes on, I wouldn't be surprised if you know me and Stephen have like banded the idea around of like what would it what what would it be like to go to CES. Like, like, what yeah. would that mm-hmm. be like? And we've never done it before. We're both kind of vaguely interested in it, even though everybody we know that's been tells us not to do it. Um, but it's interesting to think, like, what? how could we do that sort of stuff? And I think it's exciting for people that can't make those conferences and stuff like that for pe- you to have people there who can 
kind of tell you about what's happening. So that's why mm-hmm. we do it. I, you guys should, this is what you should do. You okay. should have a booth. You should get a booth at CES or some other conference that is like relevant and have a soundproof booth inside your booth. And you should record shows live and people can like look at you and tap on the glass and stuff and stop by and you could do interviews and all kinds of stuff. That'd be really fun. Can you build me the booth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No problem. No problem. All three to print it. <laughs> yeah, that's all it takes these days. Uh, but no, like, I mean, if, if Macworld was still a thing, that would have been like, oh, maybe a good, um, like a good situation. Right, oh, yeah. If Macworld was still a thing, then we would probably do something like that. Like, yeah, because, you know, I, I applied uh, to do a live podcast at Macworld when nobody knew who I was. Right. So like they were just mm-hmm. like, go away. You, you, you fool! Um, but like, if that was still a thing, then we would, without a shadow of a doubt, we would be doing something there. Like David and Katie of Mac Power Users, they've they used they used to do episodes of Mac Power Users at MacWorld. Like, yeah. we yeah. would totally do something like that, um, maybe from the show floor or something. Which is, you know, it's kind of analogous to, to us doing uh, the show in San Francisco, but we have to hire a venue of our own because. Yeah, Apple won't let us anywhere near Moscone. <laughs> yeah, put of kills. Yeah, so it's funny because we, Dan, how many times do we do a booth at MacWorld? Uh, or how many times have we done a booth? Period. We've done, let's see, four times. I think I want to say we did it four years. Yeah, that seems so. Right. So five. So we've done five booths total because we also did the New York Gift Fair thing too. Oh yeah, that sounds like that didn't go so well. The New York Gift Fair. That was like a oh, what is what was that? <laughs> Well, okay, so, uh, well, the New York Gift Fair is kind of crazy and really interesting. So um, there's this huge Javits Convention Center in New York that is, like, humongous, like, huge, 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 and it fills it up. And basically, it's a gift fair, and it's two times a year, and if you are a company that has retail products, you go to the gift fair, and only professional buyers can get inside, like, the public can't even get in. So you have a booth and these buyers come around and basically shop for their stores or their brands. So there's big brands there like Crate and Barrel, Williams-Sonoma, like Target, like big, big brands. And then there's really small mom and pop shops too, right? That come around and their whole thing is they like literally on the spot place orders, like wholesale orders for for your products, Um and so it's a it's a real it's one of the main places that you know retail consumer brands go in a, in a traditional sense go um, to like sell their stuff because it's like kind of the industry comes to you and you can make your pitch and all that. Um, but we went with our kind of our friends and fellow company CW and T, uh, and we like shared a booth and got it together. Um, but we just like weren't set up like we didn't we weren't set up and weren't didn't know enough to like what to expect. Uh, so a, we aren't really super set up for physical retail in general is one. And then we just didn't have like the way we set up our products and stuff, uh, didn't really work right. Like they weren't like set up in the right quantities and the pricing wasn't really there. So it wasn't like an awesome fit. So we didn't get a ton of leads that really, kind of worked out but then there's some companies that we know like say tatley where they have like hundreds of orders and that's like their main business is like wholesale so it was kind of a real learning experience of oh okay we're not 
we're not really fitting really well with physical retail right now with these products. And so going to a physical retail like show doesn't really like work. It doesn't really make that much sense. But it really did kind of give us a real kind of eye into what that physical retail world is. And, you know, if we ever are in a position where, oh, we think this is really going to work for physical retail, that's totally what we would do. Like a million percent is go to one of these gift fairs because it's just, you know, everyone comes to you. It's really great. Um, So we did that. And we did that, I guess, probably in like 2012 or something or 2013, something like that. Um, Decided that wasn't for us. Um, But... From the beginning, I guess even from like 2011, right, Dan, we went to Macworld. Is that right? Yeah, we uh, we kind of just decided to go on a lark because I think you had to sign up for a booth to go like basically right when the glyph stuff was happening. And we were like, OK, we're kind of keeping ourselves open to, uh, you know, opportunities and possibilities. So we we kind of just did it on a lark. And I feel like every year, like after it was done, you know, it's basically three days of, you know, just standing on your feet and kind of saying the same pitch over and over again to people that are walking by. Uh, we always ask ourselves, was this worth it? And then we don't actually answer the question. And then the time comes around to register and we just register. Uh, so that happened for four years and then we stopped doing it and Macworld abruptly died, probably because we stopped doing it. Yeah, it's because we left. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You were just the last ones. Looking back now then, because you didn't answer the question at the time, was it worth it? I think pro- it probably was, yeah. One of the, the questions we were asking of is, was it worth it, is we had no idea of kind of what to expect financially in terms of how much we would sell on the show floor. And we would usually end up pretty much breaking even in terms of the cost of the booth and even kind of our airfare and hotel, balancing that against how much we sold over the three days. And so to us, not knowing any better, we were like, this seems kind of like a wash. We could do or not do this. And when we would talk to other people at Boost, they would be like, breaking even is awesome. Like nobody breaks even. It's it's just a, a basically loss that you chalk up to like, you know, the publicity you get and stuff and the connections you make are what makes it worth it. And so in that regard, we feel pretty good about it. But then, yeah, like we've we've met a lot of people. Um uh, you know, we, we met a lot of our friends we still have today kind of in the Mac community for the first time at Mac World. So in that regard, it was totally worth it. It's interesting to me that, like, it could be understood knowledge that you don't make money by going. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're lucky if you break even. And yet it still exists for as long as it does. And I know that, like, making connections and stuff is really valuable. But it's that's a really hard sell to a, to a yeah. new vendor. Like to you say to a new vendor, like you're not going to make any money at this, but we promise that you're going to make some great friends. <laughs> like it's a really hard sell, right? Well, I would say that. So what's weird is most, I would say most booths aren't manned by the founders necessarily. Like they're mostly larger companies and they, they're just like, they just have a marketing budget and they're like, we need to spend this. And so they, you know, they just go. And I think, think most companies i don't know it's strange it's like i'm sure they're making connections and like having meetings and stuff but it just feels like it's a racket the whole thing i don't know 
Yeah. And I think part of it too is we were uniquely suited to have like a small, you know, relatively inexpensive products that you could buy on the spot. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I think people, I think people that sell like iPhone cases and stuff probably did well. But if you're selling software, like people aren't really going to buy that on the spot. You're going to, they're going to learn about it and then you're going to give them a business card and they might buy it like further down the line. Um, so I think those sales kind of, you know, trickle in over time and, and maybe it, it evens out, but there's just certain products that you just have no expectation of making a bunch of sales on the sales floor. Cause it's just not practical. Yeah. The glyph was kind of perfect for, yeah. for Macworld. Like I remember there was one year, um, I never went to Macworld, but there was a year where a bunch of people that I knew went and it seemed like everyone that I knew bought a glyph and an holo clip. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good old days. <laughs> they were just like little accessories that you could just throw into your bag. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, uh, one of the huge though advantages of going, which you know, the first year or two was really fun for us, was also just getting to meet customers. Like a lot of people would come up and be like, "Oh, I'm already a customer. I already bought this. I just like wanted to say hey or whatever." And so that was really fun um, and really cool. And that got less and less, I think, as we went on um because i think kind of macro got less cool but yeah, in the beginning that was really fun to kind of have that happen and we had like not even a booth we had like a podium basically <laughs> which actually like worked perfect like, it worked perfectly for us it wasn't even in the convention center we had it outside <laughs> yeah. in the alley yeah, it was like on the street <laughs> but yeah i mean that was yeah that was that was good i mean I don't know if we will ever do that sort of thing again. Like, hmm. we got asked all the time, like, oh, you guys going to CES? Like, why don't you go to CES? You know, blah, 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 blah. And it just never felt like that's something we wanted to do. And I don't think it ever probably will again. I feel like a, something at CES would just swallow you guys up. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that's what we thought. It's just like, it's like huge and just ridiculous and even more expensive. And cause it's really expensive to get a booth and all that stuff. So if something like Macworld came around again, like something just like Macworld, would you even consider it now? And like, if you wouldn't, why? Why not? If you if you felt like Macworld was really useful, why not now? I think we have made a lot of the friends that we would have wanted to make. Like we know, like if it's Apple related, like we know a lot, if not most or all of the the folks that we would want to know, kind of. And so we would maybe go to like hang out with people, but. In terms of like making connections and stuff, we were pretty far down that road, I think, partially. And then, but the other, the other main reason I would say is just like it's a, it's a real pain to go stand there for like you know three days and like do all that stuff. And yeah, unless we had something that we knew we would like sell a lot of, I just don't think it'd be worth it. I could totally see us going and doing like a in like a industry related like a like a gift fair or something again if we had the right products, but just a consumer facing one i just think it's i don't know it's rough we would probably be far better off like doing an event uh for for customers that we already have and just like strengthening that relationship than like trying to make more one by one on the on like the convention floor that's kind of my thoughts what do you think dan i mean we never talked about this before but yeah i mean if if like it's hard to say hypothetically. I mean, if Macworld came back and it was basically exactly how it was, then yeah, we would probably pass because we had we had already decided to not do it anymore before we knew that they were closing up shop. Um, but 
you know, if something else kind of similar came around and people were really excited about it and it seemed like somehow uniquely suited to what we do, um, I'm sure we would consider it, but, um, yeah, it would have to be pretty compelling for us to, to pull the trigger on it. So what conferences remain on your schedules? Dwindling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we pretty, we commit to XOXO every year. Um, and that's been just, I don't know. I, I feel it's, uh, just a really important, like I have a real fondness for that first year. Uh, not only because we spoke at it, which was awesome and, and really amazing that, that the Andes, uh, invited us to do that, but it was just so kind of affirming of like, Oh, we're not crazy. Like there's a whole, there's a whole community out here of, of people that are, you know, doing similar things and have, you know, similar struggles and stuff. So, um, so I, I always kind of have a fondness for XOXO in my heart, but that said, I feel like we've, that's worn off a little, like we've kind of got what we've needed to get out of it. So we're actually thinking about maybe just doing festival passes this year instead of the talks. Um, even though the talks are always really good. And, and I think last year there, it was probably the best year of talks, uh, of the four years that that conference has been going on. Um, but it's just like, you know, I, I think our buddy Chase said it well, where it's like, you kind of, in some ways feel like you have someone else's ticket. Uh, like you, you've kind of already gotten the inspiration. Uh, and so it's time to, you know, pass that on a, to someone else. That's a really good way of putting it. Cause I found myself going to less talks and more of the event, even events this time. Mm-hmm. Um, this past time so i wonder if that might if i go to xo i'm wondering if that might be a better route for me as well because i agree like i find the talks entertaining um and and there's inspiration to be found in them but the inspiration is different uh for me in in a way that i don't know if i need to be in the room to experience it like i could watch them on youtube and, and get a lot of the similar amounts because i don't i don't need to to be enthused to quit my job anymore um, right. Yeah, you've been shown that you've been shown the way. You know, it's like you're the choir now. Yeah. They don't need to like preach to you, which is really awesome, right? Because I know my first EXO, like it was still a long time before I got to where I was. But that the, my first EXO was a couple of years before I was able to to quit my job. If you know, me, and and I found that incredibly encouraging. Um, uh, but now, but yeah, I completely agree with you guys that now I don't, I don't. I don't need that encouragement anymore, so I don't know if it's the same because I definitely found myself at the last XOXO wanting to participate more in the evening events uh, than the day events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I I hope that more conferences do that sort of thing where uh, there's kind of like this sideline conference that's more casual, more open, and you can get a ticket to it. So it's still ha- you, you know there's still a reason to come into town. You can still kind of congregate in a place with people. But it's more about the like networking and, and and hanging out with people and having fun and not as much about the talk stuff, which is usually pretty limited in its capacity. And so it's really great for like the people who want to go there to be inspired. But the people who've been there and, and just like want to see friends, it's like there's also a place for them. So that'd be great. I mean, I wish WWDC uh, did something like that where there was more of a place to kind of uh, congeal around and set up events for the kind of sidetrack 
Right. And I know there are kind of other sidetrack conferences. We actually, Dan and I actually went to Layers uh, last year at WWDC, which is like a sidetrack conference that went on the same time as WWDC. And that uh, provided that pretty well, but it was still pretty structured. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that, and maybe that's kind of like the future in some ways of some of these like conferences like South by Southwest or XOXO where they've like become kind of industry internet-y conferences. And I think part of the reason why they're so popular is just because of that thing we talked about where, you know, there's only kind of a couple times a year where we get to see our colleagues and friends, right? And these conferences are the venue for that. Uh, And so, yeah, um, I hope to see more of that stuff going on. Um, I would, you know, I would love to have an excuse to like go to the mountains or something. And it's like XOXO mountains for like people who've been to XOXO. It's like, I don't know. (laughs) They're just, I don't know. They've become, I don't know, thinking like as we've been talking about this, I've been thinking about to, about thinking back to all of the conferences we've been to and like, what's that meant for our business and what's that meant for friendships and like, uh, you know, all that sort of like relationship stuff. And it's been like incredibly important. I think like even just like from a like press perspective or something, the only like we know in person, a lot of press folks uh, just because, you know, because we've met them right at these conferences. And I don't know how much that matters for, you know, uh, us in terms of marketing and all that stuff, but it definitely does matter. I'm sure. Um, And so, yeah, I think all that stuff is kind of like, it's easy to underestimate how important all of those have been. Um, and I guess kind of what I'm looking for is where does that go? You know, what's next? Like kind of where does that go? Because I don't know. Yeah, they are, they are super important. But also super expensive. And, and that's one of the things that I struggle with in trying to pick the trips that I can do because it's not just the conference passes, which can be, you know, upwards of $500 in many instances. But I also have to get to the United States of America and stay there. So I have to be yeah. very particular about the conferences that I pick so I'm not spending tens of thousands of dollars every year um, to, to see my friends. And yeah. at this point, so like if I look at the, the coming year, uh, I will be in San Francisco for WWDC. Um, I just did the Atlanta Pen Show, which, you know, we spoke about that on a previous episode. It You know, I kind of consider it an event like this, but... Luckily, uh, I don't need to pay for it. Um, mm-hmm. It is the community help us out with that, which is fantastic. Uh, I will be attending Ool in November, uh, which is one of my very favorite conferences. It's mm-hmm. in Ireland and it's it's about Apple stuff and it's just really fantastically put together. Um, and this would be my third time attending Ool. And... I'm mainly attending this time because the venue of the last one was so incredible. I just want to go back to that venue for a few days because it was just <laughs> it was just stunning. Um, so that's the main reason I'm going. And that's that's the one conference where you have the upper hand over everyone travel wise. Yeah, but then I don't benefit on the price of the ticket because I buy it in euros and not dollars. But yeah, ah. I don't have to pay <laughs> lots and lots of money to fly, but it still ends up being similarly expensive in a weird way just because yeah. their conference passes are, are very expensive because it is a very hot ticket. So, mm-hmm. yeah, supply and demand and all that. Uh, I did go to Layers last year, but I'm so busy during the San Francisco week. We were there for like, 
two hours one morning. And mm-hmm. I don't want to spend, I'm not going to spend, whilst I, that were very good two hours, um, I don't think I'm going to spend that money again this time mm-hmm. around. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I believe the conference is being put on. And then I went to, I spoke at release notes last year, which yeah. is a kind of, um, it's focused at uh, app developers, but it's really kind of the focus of the conference is building independent businesses. Uh, and I would be go, I would go again this year because the lineup of speakers is really great, but it's very close to all. Um, mm-hmm. It's like uh, the end of September uh, and all is at the start of November. And I don't, I've this at the start, the start of this year is I've been taking too many trips in a short space of time. So I want to kind of try and avoid that towards the end of the year. Especially because XOXO is September, isn't it? Yep. And I'm I think think of the two, I would more prefer to go to XO. Uh so and I, I haven't made my decision if I'm gonna make that trip yet. Um but if I'm gonna make one of them at, well out of the two of them it would be that one just because more I know that more of my friends will be there and I really love the vibe of XOXO and I adore Portland. So that mm-hmm. that that one for me is also a bit of a destination. Again, especially if I can uh, have uh, my girlfriend come with me again. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Because then it's like a little trip for us as well. So, I mean, the other thing though that I think we, weighs heavily on us is the time cost, right? Like it's not, e- you know, there's money, but then there's just like, oh, we're basically away from things for a week. Um and yep. we have a real busy summer shaping up. And so, yeah, it's just like that is like a whole nother, you know, it's not like an escape, right? It's not like we're working like in a big, large company where going to a conference is like an escape from it. It's like, no, like, <laughs> like this stuff still has to happen. The work doesn't <laughs> stop when you're away and nobody can pick it up for you. Like it just waits for you when you get home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's that's like a whole nother thing. And so, yeah, it's a tricky trade-off. I mean, I, I would say that before most conferences, it feels like indulgent. Like, oh, really? Like, am I really going to go do this? It feels like very indulgent. Uh, but on the other hand, I never feel that way when I'm there. And it always, like, usually feels, um, like, totally worthwhile. And it, it was good to go. But, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's it's a really strange trade-off, the whole that whole thing uh it's you know it's funny it feels like the same trade-off as like marketing where or like i guess i I, more specifically advertising where it's like oh this feels like it could be a waste of money and should we do this is it worth it but you just kind of have faith that it is worth it and then like you know things will come together and it's like you know it is worthwhile doing and so yeah it's it's a tricky it's a tricky balance uh so, you know, something that we've never done, which um, I could see us maybe trying in the future is one of the kind of more boutique, uh, like skill-based mini conferences where they're usually more expensive and you kind of go with a smaller group of people and see like a guru, right? It's like, oh, you know, this is like a marketing uh, conference and it's like very, it's like very kind of work focused and are very professional focused and you know, you're learning some skill or you're making these specific connections or you're learning a specific thing. And we've never done something like that, like a camp, you know, kind of thing. But um, I could I could see us maybe doing that in the future sometime, finding one of those or seeing one that's like catches our eye. Mike, have you ever done any of those? No, those stuff can be 
painful. <laughs> like I've looked into some podcasting conferences and for the most part, they're terrible. Like compared to what the stuff that I want to do, you know, like events that are like how to make a million dollars. Like I just know I have no <laughs> interest in this. Like they're more focused. It seems like a lot of that stuff is more focused around like the entrepreneur entrepreneur business podcast where you're talking about how like imagine uh the alternate reality of this show right where it's like secrets on how to be a kickstarter success yeah yeah yeah. right that that's what you know that that's what the type of um content i've found at some a lot of the podcast conferences that i've looked at they don't really operate in the kind of the world that i'm in and that's I think that's mostly because all of the podcasts that have the same sort of style and feeling that I do, the people that host those get the what they need from things like release notes and XOXO and all. And that, that's where they're getting what they want at those types of conferences, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. But when I'm at well, – and I think, Dan, I think you agree with me that uh, we've had – like, for instance, at XOXO – um, one of the things that we've been really hungry for is more specific, um, more specific like info on our exact situation or our exact needs, right? Um, actually, yeah, we're yeah, forgetting. I, I, I will say that um, at the last XOXO, Alex Bloomberg of Gimlet spoke, and yeah, I thought that was really good for me. You know, I was sitting there and going like, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. "It's interesting how you run your business compared to mine. This is useful. Carry on. Like, please show me more numbers, Mister Bloomberg." Yeah, no, exactly. And I think at this smaller, more intimate, more specific like uh, conferences, you can get more technical. And I'm actually forgetting uh, a conference that we've been to, or I've been to twice, and Ben and I spoke at once called Near- the Nearly Impossible Conference. And that conference was much more kind of what I'm talking about, where it's like, this is a conference for people who make physical objects, like make and sell physical objects on the internet. Um, and it was, it's much more like, you know, skill based and like here, you know, and some of the kind of numbers and like reference points that I have to like the real industry has like come from that conference. And so that kind of thing, I could see us wanting to do more uh, kind of more professional development, more, um, you know, specific type conferences, but it's super difficult, like you said, to find one where the taste and the approach matches up, right? Because there are tons of like really gross, like, marketing and entrepreneur conferences that just like don't match our approach and our taste. Um, and so, yeah, that is, uh, that's something that I'm looking forward to kind of happen, like happening at some point and we can go to it. Cause that sort of community is, uh, I think what we crave or what I crave definitely a little bit. Yeah. I would totally do something like that. If I could find something that matched my area, like I would, I would, be well into like that. business oriented or like podcast oriented like, podcast like technical oriented, i think so so like technically how to do this thing better or this, um, like that sort of stuff i don't even think from a technical perspective because there's stuff like that exists and and to be honest that's not really what interests me or concerns me like i don't, I don't think that there's a, a ton of stuff that we need to do to be technically better because yeah. in all honesty, it's it's relatively simple to to do what to, to get what we do technically right, um, and even if it isn't, like even if we have problems, it's also not very expensive to to pay someone to do it for you. Yeah. Um, 
what I would be really interested in is trying to learn how people in a similar kind of world to me run their businesses and uh, I would love to to kind of hear the process of other podcasters and how they prepare for shows. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I would be interested in kind of learning from people how they develop ideas for new shows. Like I would, you know, I would love to hear just some successful, like kind of more independent podcasters talk about how they have kind of how they've built their businesses and how they create popular shows. That's what I'm interested in. And there's a, there is a pod, there is a podcast conference called Podcast Movement. I think it happens in a couple of different places. And I've been interested in podcast movement because it has some of the latter, but it also has a lot of the former stuff that I was talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Like the super popular business entrepreneur guy comes in to talk about how he crushed his podcast in 12 simple steps. But that's, <laughs> that's my issue with, with this. They're always this, simple steps. Is Exactly. Is that they have a real mix of, of stuff, but a lot of the, but then again, like a lot of the, the really, a lot of the interesting ones are by like super mega popular famous podcasters. So yep. like it doesn't then like it doesn't super overlap with what I do because I don't have a million listeners to a show, no. right? Like this show doesn't have a million listeners well, yet. Well, you guys, there's you. You have a different approach. Yeah. Know? So I would be more interested in, in listening to the people that are like surrounding me and, and how they do things, I guess. Yeah, my fa- my fantasy is that we have some sort of cabal uh, of like indie hardware business people, and we all go to like a winter cabin for like five days, and uh, you know share all our secrets and uh, you know commiserate about things. Um, we kind of have that now set up with like slack <laughs> but uh i really wi- I, I really wish we could get something going like that um physically in a place because it's you know th- there's i don't know there's something there's really something about you know kind of being physically in a, in a space and i i don't know i i really think it's just super important for us folks who like have these remote like you know online related businesses where we don't you know have office mates and stuff to like commiserate about stuff and to you know, uh, just be like, oh, hey, man, I found this company for doing fulfillment. It's really awesome. Or, you know, we do this, or this is how you deal with Amazon, or just like really stupid technical stuff that's really boring. But there are definitely like 50 people in the world who are like into it like we are, right? Who have the same like approach and goals as us. So being able to being able to get a conference going or something like that would be really awesome. Let's make a deal. Studio Neat will start a little conference like that. And Relay FM will start one like that for podcasting, okay? Uh-huh. Great. That's all it takes. It's easy, right? That is easy. It's easy to set up yeah. those events. Real easy. <laughs> yeah. Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. If you'd like to find the show notes for this week's episode, head on over to relay.fm slash tc slash 12. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to tell a friend. Until next time.